We turn in the word of God to Mark chapter 8 Mark chapter 8 and verse 10 to verse 13 Mark chapter 8 from verse 10 And straightway he entered into a ship with his disciples and came into the parts of Dalmanutha and the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him seeking of him a sign from heaven tempting him and he sighed deeply in his spirit and said why doth this generation seek after a sign verily I say unto you there shall no sign be given unto this generation and he left them and entering into the ship again departed to the other side Amen thus far we read the word of God our theme this morning is the demand for proof is an effect of sin the demand for proof is an effect of sin men and women often claim that as far as the gospel is concerned they are really neutral and that they are fair minded people and if only there is adequate proof given then of course they would believe it this is not true it is not true that man is neutral and the demand for proof as we shall see is constantly set forth in scripture as an effect of man's sinful love of darkness men love darkness rather than light and they do not desire to come to the light and therefore they would have others think that the problem is not with them but simply that the light is not shining clearly enough for them it isn't true the problem is not one of proof and the demand for proof is part of fallen man's impudence in the presence of almighty God first of all then let us notice the sign demanded the sign demanded in verse 11 the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him seeking of him a sign from heaven tempting him they demanded a sign from heaven these Pharisees would have been aware of the fact that the Lord Jesus had performed many miracles miracles of healing the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000 they would not have been ignorant of these things but they seek a sign from heaven they say that whatever the Lord Jesus has done on earth it's not enough we need a sign from heaven something along the lines of Moses and the manna that came down from heaven or Samuel when the Lord thundered from heaven on the Philistines or Elijah when he called upon his God and the fire came down from heaven on Mount Carmel and we are told that they made this demand tempting him 
and that it was why they questioned him. Now the word question here is a word that indicates argument and dispute and contention. And uh, they tempted him in the sense of testing him, putting a test for him, hoping that he would attempt to give them what they required and would fail and therefore would be proved false and lose credibility in the eyes of the people. Now notice who it is that makes this demand. It's the Pharisees. The Pharisees who knew the scriptures better than most as far as the content was concerned. And yet they demand a sign. The Pharisees who ought to have seen in Christ the fulfillment of prophecy. The one the ones whose knowledge of the scripture content ought to, above all others, have led them to see that this was the Christ of God. In Isaiah 35, which we read recently, Isaiah 35 and verse 5, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. Who but these men ought to have known these passages? And who but these men ought to have recognized their fulfillment? But they would not. In Romans 10 and verse 18, we have a description of Israel's unbelief. Romans 10 verse 18, But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses said, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation I will anger you. And Isaiah is very bold and said, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel, he said, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. These Pharisees were part of a disobedient and gainsaying people. A people who were not short of biblical truth in their ears, but they would not obey the word of God. It wasn't that they were not told, but they were a disobedient people, a gainsaying people, those who contradicted God and his word. So that despite all of their knowledge, they would not really hear the word of the Lord. Now Christ had fulfilled the, uh, had filled the country with miracles, yet they say, no, what we need is a sign from heaven. Perhaps you make excuses too for your hostility and rejection of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you make excuses that are perfectly adequate in your own self-righteous eyes. But there is a God in heaven who is utterly unimpressed by all your excuses and who knows the real reason why you do not believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly then, the effect of the demand that is on the Lord Jesus Christ, the effect of this demand. Verse 12, And he sighed deeply in his spirit. He sighed deeply in his spirit. 
The expression sighed deeply is a very strong one. He groaned in his spirit. It is a form of word not found anywhere else. And it suggests pain and sorrow and indignation. The holy soul of the God-man groaned at this demand of the Pharisees because he knew exactly where it came from. Sin. The Lord Jesus was not for a moment deceived by the pretenses of these men. The reason they demanded proof was because of their sinfulness. They loved sin and they did not want the truth. So they demanded a sign from heaven. The problem was in their hearts. The problem was within. John 7 verse 17 the Lord Jesus says if any man will do his will he shall know of the doctrine whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. If any man will do his will that is if his heart is right so that he wants to follow what God says he will know he'll know of the doctrine whether it be of God if the heart is right when he hears the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ he will respond and say yes it's the truth he will know John 10 verse 25 to 28 he says to the Jews ye are not of my sheep ye believe not because ye are not of my sheep my sheep hear my voice and they follow me and I know them and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish the Lord Jesus says the reason you don't believe is you're not of my sheep the reason is within that God has not changed your heart and so you don't want the truth John 18 and verse 37 when the Lord Jesus was before Pilate Pilate therefore said unto him John 18.37 Art thou a king then? Jesus answered Thou sayest that I am a king To this end was I born And for this cause came I into the world That I should bear witness unto the truth Everyone that is of the truth Heareth my voice Everyone that is of the truth Heareth my voice The Lord Jesus is saying If the heart is right then they will hear my voice. They recognize it and they love what they hear. They will receive the love of the truth. So in the passage which we read earlier, uh, the account, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, at the end of that uh, passage in Luke 16:31, Abraham says, uh, to uh, the rich man in hell who is professedly saying that if only his brothers had a, a proper testimony a proper information and proof then they would repent he says no if they hear not Moses and the prophets neither will they repent though one go back from the dead was there ever a more striking uh, point than that they were being told 
that men who will not repent because of what the Bible says will not repent even if someone came back from the dead. More than enough signs were given for those whose hearts were right. John 20 verse 30 and 31. John 20 verse 30. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God and that believing ye might have life through his name. The signs indicated plainly who Christ was. And if our hearts are right, those signs are more than adequate. The signs at the time are more than adequate. We don't need new ones. John does not say new signs are needed. He says these signs are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that believing he might have life through his name. The signs that were given were more than sufficient for anyone whose heart was right to know that the Lord Jesus was the Son of God. And their demand for a sign from heaven showed an evil heart of unbelief. It showed, it brought to view the wickedness of their hearts in unbelief. The Jews seek after a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to them that are called Christ the wisdom of God and the power of God You see, what they showed was that they were not effectually called, that they were not uh, being wrought upon by the saving grace of God. And so they had an evil, a natural heart, an unrenewed heart, a heart of unbelief. That's true for you as well. Perhaps you claim not to be opposed to the gospel. You say, I'm not against the gospel. It's fine. It's all right for those who want it. I'm just not convinced yet. Now that isn't the situation at all. If you're not a Christian, it's not because, well, the thing hasn't just been put across well enough to convince you. That's not the problem at all. That's a delusion. You like to think that's the reason, but it's not. If you're not a Christian... You are not the amiable, neutral, fair-minded person you think you are concerning the gospel. You are not scientific and objective. Your unbelief of the truth of God is to be traced not to your wonderfully scientific mind and objective way of thinking. It's traceable to your sin. That's why you don't believe. Because you're a sinner. You have a sinful heart. And your mind relishes sinful thoughts. And therefore disbelief of the truth of God is natural to you. 
That's why when the Holy Spirit convinces men of the truth, as the Spirit of truth, the Lord Jesus says He will convince of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they believe not on me. Unbelief is a sin. Belief of the truth is a command of God. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 5, Romans chapter 1 verse 5, the apostle says, By whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. And again in chapter 16 of Romans and verse 26, but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. He calls it the obedience of faith. Sinners are commanded and required to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 17 1 Peter 4 verse 17 for the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God and if it first begin at us what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God the gospel is to be obeyed there have at different times in the history of the church been those who seeking to defend the doctrines of grace have denied what they call duty faith as if the fact that God is the one who gives faith makes faith no longer a duty for it doesn't faith is the gift of God yes but God commands men to believe God has the right to command men to do what by nature they will not do and cannot do he does that God doesn't give up his right to command men simply because by their sin they have rendered themselves incapable. Faith is a duty. It is commanded. He commands all men everywhere to repent and to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are not a Christian, then before God you are guilty of holding down the truth in unrighteousness. And that means that every moment of your life is offensive to God. Your unbelief is offensive to God. If the Lord Jesus, the Holy One of God, sighed deeply in His Spirit at the unbelief of these men while He was on earth, is not your unbelief just as offensive now to the Holy One in heaven? Perhaps you talk glibly about, yes, the need to be saved. I'll get saved sometime, you say. This casual talk itself is offensive to God. God has given His Word with all its gracious promises of mercy in Christ. And you... You shrug your shoulders and say, well, maybe sometime. What an insult to God. Stop the self-delusion. 
about the reason you're not a Christian. It's not because of lack of proof. It's not because the thing hasn't been put well enough. It's none of those things. It's because your heart is sinful. Thirdly, the demand denied. The demand denied. Verse 12. Why did this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, there shall no sign be given unto this generation. This generation, as represented by the Pharisees and their followers, he would not give them the sign which they demanded. He would not give them a sign from heaven. He never did on demand. A sign would not have cured their unbelief. A sign from heaven, however dramatic and spectacular, would not have cured their unbelief. We've already seen that. That if Lazarus had gone back from the dead, the brothers of the rich man would not have repented. In Psalm 78, 21 to 24, Israel is rebuked that they did not believe God's word, nor trust in his salvation, though he gave many angels food to eat. The Lord is not subject to us, but we to Him. And so their demand was impertinent. He does not operate at the behest of men. And let us notice also that Christ was compassionate, but not desperate. Christ was compassionate, but not desperate. The Lord Jesus Christ does not give them what they wanted. The Lord Jesus Christ, the compassionate Savior, rejoiced in the sovereignty of God. Matthew 11:25. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. He did not, in the exercise of his compassion, quarrel with the sovereign election of God. He did not try to lay, lay on a spectacular in order to convince these men, but submitted to the will of the Father. He did not give them what they wanted uh, as a way of winning them over. The Lord Jesus knew what was in man. The Lord Jesus never entertained. He never entertained, either miraculously or otherwise, He never entertained men and women. And if they went away, they went away. But He still didn't entertain them. John chapter 6 John chapter 6 and verse 60 John 6 verse 60 Many therefore of his disciples when they had heard this said This is an hard saying Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it He said unto them Doth this offend you? 
What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before. Then in verse 66, From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Now, these were people who outwardly were disciples. And now they start to go away because they couldn't stomach what the Lord Jesus was saying. And the Lord Jesus, the compassionate Redeemer, lets them go. He does not say to the disciples, we must do something to get these people back at all costs. He does not say, we cannot afford to lose these wonderful people. He lets them go. And the ministers of Christ must tell people the truth. That is their remit. And they must do that and they must stick to that. We mustn't try to evangelize better than Christ. Now the present clamor for miracles has various causes. Part of it is just this desire to impress the unwilling. This desire for miraculous gifts stems from at least three things. It stems firstly from a failure to understand the place of miraculous gifts as authenticators of God's revelation. The gifts of miracle working in the scriptures do not appear at random. God did not bestow miraculous gifts among men, nor did the divine redeemer exercise miraculous uh, working at random. There was a purpose in the working of miracles in the scriptures. And that purpose was that God through the miraculous gifts was authenticating and indicating who were his infallible spokesmen. Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse 10. Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse 10. Deuteronomy 34 verse 10. I know we've been through these verses before in the past but we need to have them fixed in our minds so that if someone comes to you and says why don't you believe in miraculous gifts in your church you'll have something to answer with. You won't be reduced to a fumble and saying well, well we just, it just isn't our sort of a thing. That's not good enough. You need answers, biblical answers. And we need to be able to give them. Deuteronomy 34 verse 10 And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses whom the Lord knew face to face in all the signs and the wonders 
which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land and in all that mighty hand and in all the great terror which Moses showed in the sight of all Israel in other words Moses under God was a great miracle worker because he was a great prophet of God Psalm 74 and verse 9 Psalm 74 and verse 9 we see not our signs there is no more any prophet neither is there any is there among us any that knoweth how long the absence of signs that is miraculous signs and the absence of a prophet went together 1 Kings 18 and verse 36 on Mount Carmel when Elijah prayed and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and of Israel let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word this miraculous vindication of the Lord's name would include a vindication of Elijah as the prophet of God who it was the infallible spokesman of God now when we come into the New Testament in 2nd Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12 2nd Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12 truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience in signs and wonders and mighty deeds so the signs and wonders and mighty deeds were signs of an apostle that here was an infallible apostle of God Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3 Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3 how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will now it's talking about the apostles who had heard the Lord and their testimony was confirmed by signs and wonders and divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost the miracle working gifts were either exercised by or conveyed to others through the apostles so that all the miraculous gifts pointed to the apostles as the infallible spokesman of God the question here is not whether God can still do things that are beyond our understanding of course he can the question is not whether we should still pray even when limited no human knowledge suggests that the thing is impossible of course we should but the question is that of miracle working gifts and they were all given to authenticate those men whom God had appointed to be his infallible spokesman 
and the writers of his infallible word. And the passage which we read in John 20 in verse 30 to 31 shows that the miracles that authenticated the infallible authors of the scriptures in the past are sufficient for the present. These are written that he may believe. And when the Lord Jesus performed miracles, he did so not as a mere spokesman of God, but as God incarnate. And therefore he performed them not in the name of the Lord, but as the Lord. So that's one reason why people clamor for miracles today. A failure to understand the place of the miracle working gifts uh, during the giving of the infallible scriptures which are now complete. But then another reason is unbelief in the professing church. Even within the church, the scriptures are not seen as enough. We need proof. But we don't need proof. We need God-given faith in the scriptures. And the third reason is lack of grasp of God's sovereignty. Lack of grasp of God's sovereignty. If people do not believe what they need is not fresh, miraculous testimony to convince them, because it won't. What they need is a new heart, which only the Holy Spirit can give to them. You see, when sinners reject the gospel, the problem is not outside, it's inside. It's not that they need more miraculous evidence to look at, it's they need a new heart to believe the scriptures. The problem is internal, not external. If men and women will not believe the Bible, they will not believe though one come back from the dead, though any number of miracles be performed. You know, people say, what the church needs to do is this and that and the other thing. They need to brighten up their image. They need to do this. They need to get real. They need to become contemporary. And they need to uh, engage in more imaginative and creative ways of bringing the message to other people. That's not what the church needs. What the church needs is to do what the Word of God says the church should do. No more, no less. That's what the church needs. And to pray to the Almighty God that in His sovereignty He would be pleased to renew the hearts of men and women so that they believe the gospel of salvation. <coughs> and you see, if you will not have this biblical gospel, there is nothing else. And as a minister of God, I certainly have nothing whatsoever other than this gospel to give to you. Nothing. And to try to dress it up with things that might be more appealing to you is utterly futile. But notice in verse 13 we read, And he left them, and entering into the ship again, 
departed to the other side. The Lord left them. He left them alone. He went from them. They demanded proof. Proof that he could have given, but he didn't give it. And he left them alone. If you go on demanding proof all your days, you will get it. But it will be in hell. If you go on demanding proof all your days, you will get it in hell. Everyone in hell knows that the Bible is true. Everyone in hell knows that Christ is the only Savior of sinners. But the knowledge that they have only makes hell more hell. Don't be wise then in your own conceits. If you're not a Christian, what you need is not proof, miraculous or otherwise. You need a new heart from the living God. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found and call ye upon him while he is near. Amen.